You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. Britain has run out of luck. I fear that what Mervyn King, Governor of the Bank of England, has called the nice, non-inflationary, consistently expansionary decade has spoilt the British. Now that times are tougher, many are returning to bad old habits. Politicians are making futile pleas for private sector pay restraint. Some pundits are calling for the recasting of inflation targets, and interventionists even demand huge subsidies for mortgage lending. Everybody should calm down. What is looming ahead will certainly be tougher than the continuous expansion the UK has been used to over the past 16 years, but it need not be the end of the world. Sir John Gieve, the Bank of England's Deputy Governor for Financial Stability, put the points well in a recent speech. First, he noted how unexpectedly good performance has been. Second, he pointed out that the UK, like the rest of the world, is being affected by two global cycles, the commodity cycle and the financial cycle. It has to weather these two storms. As Sir John also notes, when the Monetary Policy Committee was set up, Charlie Bean, now incoming Deputy Governor for Monetary Policy, estimated that inflation would miss the target by more than a percentage point in nearly five months of every year. Yet the letter written by Mr King last week to explain the current deviation was only the second in ten years. This unprecedented stability did not come at the expense of economic growth either. On the contrary, average growth has been high relative to the performance of the previous 30 years and of the UK's principal European neighbours. Annual growth has also deviated from its 10-year average by more than one percentage point on only four occasions since the MPC was set up. In the preceding 30 years, growth deviated from its 10-year average by more than one percentage point about half the time. It is a safe bet that this exceptional performance will never happen again. It was the product not only of good institutions and policies, with credit to both Labour and Conservative governments, but also of extremely favourable external circumstances. The former ought to last, provided policymakers avoid panic. The latter will not. For a country that relies heavily on financial activity, has experienced a huge housing boom, and has the most indebted household sector in the group of seven leading industrialised countries, what Mr King calls and I quote, the reassessment and repricing of risk in the financial sector, and others label the credit crunch, must be painful. House prices have fallen by 7% from their peak and will surely fall further. Since much of the housing-related credit depends on borrowing in wholesale markets, it may never return to previous levels. Equally, the huge labour supply shock implied by the entry of the giant Asian countries into the world economy, initially drove down the relative prices of imports of labour-intensive goods. This was beneficial to the UK, but now the same shock is raising the price of resources. We do not know whether these higher prices are a one-off shift, a shift that has already overshot, or the start of a continuous rise in the relative prices of resources, especially energy. But it is highly likely that the days when the UK could easily import disinflation have gone. The weakness of sterling against the euro, albeit helpful for the economy, will make imported inflation even more painful. 
So how is the MPC responding? It is, in Sir John's words, focused on returning consumer price inflation to the 2% target in around two years, when the present sharp rises in energy and food prices will have dropped out of the consumer price index inflation rate. The aim is, if anything, too lax, because there is a good chance that the rise in these prices will continue. The bank must also show that it takes the upward drift in inflation expectations seriously. Yet I also suspect that the slowdown in the economy will be more severe than the MPC expects, given the credit squeeze. These are matters of judgment. What is not is the need to stay the course. The government cannot affect private sector pay bargaining, except by insisting on its support for the inflation target. Moreover, as Mr King argued last week, recasting the target would repeat the follies of the past. As for subsidising mortgages, as that home of socialism the US does, why should the state pay people to buy overpriced houses? Above all, the UK has to keep a sense of proportion. In its latest economic outlook, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development forecasts UK economic growth at 1.8% this year and 1.4% in 2009. It also forecasts a shrinkage of the current account deficit to just 3.1% of gross domestic product and a decline in CPI inflation to 2.5% next year. By the standards of the macroeconomic crises of the mid-1970s, early 1980s or early 1990s, this is nothing to be seriously agitated about. If the outcome is indeed even close to this, the current policy framework will have proved its worth. It is not in good times that a regime shows its value, but in bad ones. Its examination is now. Panic is the sure way to fail. The British must resist this most destructive of emotions. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.